Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. I'm Aaron Free. And uh, today in the program, we're going to talk about the righteous rescuers during the Holocaust. And those of you who have been to Israel, most likely you went to Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Jerusalem. And there's a garden um, there at Yad Vashem, and there's a pathway, and it's called the, the Pathway of the Righteous. And it's, there are trees planted for people like Corey Tenboom, who risked her life, her family was murdered in order to rescue Jews during the Holocaust. People like Oscar Schindler, if you've seen the movie Schindler's List, who saved over a thousand Jews during the Holocaust. But there's one interesting um, tree that's planted actually for an entire village of French Huguenot Christians that saved over 5,000 Jews during the Holocaust. Pastor Andre Trochme was an anomaly. As a righteous rescuer of Jews during the Holocaust, his story is perplexing, not only because of his actions, which were exemplary and courageous, but because of the indifference towards the plight of the Jews exhibited by most European Christians who did nothing. The question that has puzzled historians is, what caused Andre Trochme in this little village of, uh, in France to intercede when other Christians refused? What was Andre thinking that others were not thinking? Yes, there were other righteous Gentiles like Andre Trochme, just under 30,000 to be exact. And you might say, well, that's a huge number of individual Christians that work to hide and protect uh, Jews from, from murder in the gas chambers, the death camps. And so that number, 30,000, you might say is a, a large number. And that number is according to Israel's Holocaust Museum and Research Center, Yad Vashem. This number represents just 0.001% of the population of Europe, which was 300 million at the time. So that number of 30,000 righteous rescuers is really the number of in, indifference, 300 a million people, most of them baptized Christians in Europe at that time, but only 30,000, 0.001% stood up to interfere and protect Jews. So this number represents a very small percentage of the population of, of Europe, again, 300 million at the time. What makes Andre's story fascinating is that not only did he personally rescue Jews from certain death, but he inspired 5,000 residents of a mountain hamlet to do likewise. So let me explain. In the sleepy mountains of southeastern France rests the village of Le Chambon Sieur Leon. And during the Nazi occupation of France, Le Chambon Sieur Leon numbered almost 5,000 people, many of whom adhered to the Protestant French Huguenot tradition. These were conservative Bible-believing Christians. And historians are baffled over the activities of these villagers during the Nazi occupation. And throughout 
Christian Europe during the Holocaust, Jews were sheltered by many well-meaning Christians. However, there is little evidence of church congregations or Christian organizations or denominations who were involved in the rescue of Jews corporately. And on the contrary, apathetic and complicit Christians were quick to turn in their Jewish acquaintances to the Nazis. In other words, the Nazi was, they would go through neighborhoods and the baptized Christians in the neighborhood, many of them would say, you know, we have a list here that, you know, these are the, uh, the Roths, these are the Schwartz, you know, these are the, the, the Greenblums, and they would give the names and addresses of their neighbors who were Jewish and turn them in to the Nazis. In France alone, 83,000 Jews were delivered by their Christian neighbors to the death camps. Among them were 10,000 children. And in this way, the village of Lichambon, Sierra Leone, stands alone as the largest group of Christians who work together to protect Jews. And it is of note that a mountain hamlet filled with salt-of-the-earth people would risk their lives to shield the chosen people. And more remarkably, each family in the village took Jews into their homes. If one member of the community informed the Nazi authorities of the village's activities, the entire population of townspeople would have suffered. Many of them would have been put to death by the Nazis. Andre Trochme was the pastor of the Huguenot Church in Lee Chambon, and he led the villagers <clears throat> to give refuge for several years to nearly 5,000 Jews, an astonishing number. And in their years of evasive activity, several members of the village were arrested. For their kindness to the Jews, they were murdered by the Nazis. One of these Christian martyrs was Pastor Trochme's cousin, Daniel Trochme. He was a teacher in the village school and was sheltering five Jewish students. The children were sent to Auschwitz where they died, and Daniel, who was Pastor Trochme's cousin, was deported to Lublin uh, Badain's concentration camp where he was put to death. Another martyr was the physician of Lee Chambon, Dr. Roger Lee Forrester. He was instrumental in preparing false documents for Jews to help them escape into Switzerland. Dr. Forrester was arrested on August 20th, 1944, and was shot on the order of the Gestapo in Lyon. So in, in those days, critical days where these villagers, you know, any one of them could have said, hey, you know what, our village is hiding and protecting Jews and helping them get to Switzerland. They could have turned in the entire village to the Nazis. And by the way, there was a Nazi outpost, an office of the Nazis right in the middle of the village. There were Nazis coming to the French Huguenot Church on Sunday morning because they knew something was going on. They just couldn't put their finger on it. And amazingly, uh, Pastor Trockme would get up and he would say, uh, we have uh, 10 more um, Hebrew Bibles that um, we have for you today, 10 free uh, Hebrew Bibles. And then there would be 10 people from the church that would raise their hand, yes, I, I want a new Bible. What he was really saying was there's 10 Jews that have you know, come into the village last night 
and they need shelter. They need families to take them in. So all the people in this French Huguenot church, they reached out, they protected Jews, uh, and they risked their lives to save Jews. And because of the unwavering leadership of Pastor Andre Trocme, the entire village of Lee Chambon, Sierra Leone, has been inducted into the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem, being given the title of Righteous Among the Nations. They were afforded this honor because of their humanitarianism and bravery in the face of peril and death. And in this way, Andre Trocme and the villagers of Lee Chambon are a kind of anomaly uh, an abnormality, a blip on the heart monitor in a time that otherwise was flatlined throughout the churches of France where Christians did not have a heart. Here's a quote from one of the Jewish people that were rescued by the villagers of Lee Chambon, Sierra Leone. And she was a former refuge in this small Huguenot village. Her name was uh, Elizabeth uh, Coyne Kaufman, and she had this to say about her experience in the village. Nobody asked who was Jewish and who was not. Nobody asked where you were from. Nobody asked who your father was or if you could pay. They just accepted each of us, taking us in with warmth, sheltering children, often without their parents, children who cried in the night because of nightmares. And... Uh, one of the men rescued, his name is Pierre Savage, was one of the Jewish children. His parents were, were rescued by the villagers of Lee Chambon, and he was born in the village before he and his parents were able to escape into Switzerland. And he was a, uh, you know, a child that was rescued in Lee Chambon, and he has produced a film called Weapons of the Spirit. And the film chronicles the epic story of the Huguenots of Lee Chambon. In a speech given at the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Council Conference in Washington, D.C. on September 19, 1984, Pierre explains why he believes this village of righteous Gentile Christians responded towards the Jews in the way that they did, especially when other communities in Christian Europe were sending Jews to their death. Here's the opening line to Pierre's speech. Here's what he said. One day, 50 years ago, a young French pastor arrived with his wife and children in what seemed to these cosmopolitan city people a rather sleepy mountain community. The new parish had, however, one promising feature, which Pastor Andre Trocme described in a letter to an American friend. In Lee Chambon, Sierra Leone, Trocme wrote, the old Huguenot spirit is still alive. The humblest peasant home has its Bible, and the father reads it every day. So these people who, did, who do not read the papers, but the scriptures, do not stand on the moving soil of opinion, but on the rock of the word of God. So these people were not politicized. They could care less about you know, what was happening in their, their own country of France, where many were um, you know, submitting to the Nazis. These folks just read their Bible, and they knew, according to the Bible, these were God's chosen people, and they worked in order to save them. And so it was become, because of the unwavering leadership of Pastor Andre Trocme. So what caused this pastor, Pastor Trocme, to mount an ambitious rescue effort uh, 
when the majority of pastors and Christians under Nazi occupation remained silent? What was Andre thinking that others were not thinking? Some have explained his actions as a kind of a split-second impulse, like the jumping onto the subway tracks to rescue a fallen commuter before the train comes. Andre, they say, acted without much thought. He was simply responding to a moral injustice out of pure fearlessness rather than thoughtful reasoning. So I, I disagree with that because I've, I've read much about Andre over the years and about Lee Chambon. See, early on, someday I want to go there and maybe interview you know, some of the people that were there during, during the Holocaust. So I disagree that it was just a, a fearless act of jumping onto a railroad track and rescuing someone before a train came. I think that Andre Trocme had been thinking a long time. And at heart, Andre was a nonconformist. He was an iconoclast, and iconoclast simply means that, you know, I'm not going to be on the bandwagon with everybody else. I'm going to think for myself. So he was an iconoclast in a sea of Christian leaders who were riding the bandwagon of anti-Judaism and anti-Semitism. Andre was born into a bourgeoisie cosmopolitan family in northern France and completed his postgraduate work in New York at Union Theological Seminary. He was a pacifist that opposed the rise of the Nazis, and his vocal activism led his denomination, the French Reformed Church, to strip him of his parish in a cosmopolitan France, remove him, and send he and his wife Magda to the obscure farming village of Le Chambon, Sierra Leone, as a form of punishment. And when the deportations of Jews began in Paris in 1942, Pastor Trocme proclaimed in a sermon, the Christian church should drop to its knees and beg pardon of God for its cowardice. He would also later say, look hard to make little moves against destructiveness. So thank God that Andre and his wife Magda, thank God that they were stripped of their parish in, in the big cities in France and sent up to Le Chambon, Sierra Leone. It was the providence of God because of his leadership. Pastor Trockman and his wife and the villagers of Le Chambon, Sierra Leone, they would work together to preserve the lives of 5,000 Jews. There's there's an old Yiddish saying which says, he who saves one life saves the world entire. And he truly believed that as a pastor. So when we come back from the other side of the break, we're going to continue to talk about Andre Trocme, what he was thinking and what others were not thinking. Because remember, there was many, many pastors and churches throughout Europe that did nothing. And they themselves were thinking as well. So we'll, we'll find out on the other side of the break. We'll see you in just a minute. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, and I'm honored to serve as president of Israel Team Advocates International. Israel Team is a unique nonprofit organization that is changing the growing narrative within the Christian world that the Jewish people are illegally occupying the land of Israel. The truth is that God, the God of the Bible, identifies himself as the God of Israel, and Jerusalem is his footstool. God has given this land to the Jewish people as an eternal possession. Within the evangelical community's millennial generation and Generation Z, there is an alarming decline of support for Israel. 
Israel. Presently, about 70% of young evangelicals are unsure of Israel's right of their very existence. If this trend continues, we are going to see a majority anti-Israel evangelical movement within 10 years. Imagine future Christian leaders in America calling for the removal of Jews from the Holy Land. Israel team cares deeply about the future of American Christianity and is investing in the young Christian leaders of tomorrow. We work on Christian college campuses and church youth and college groups to make a difference for Israel and the church as well. We mentor pastors and church leaders and counteract the growing trend of replacement theology being proclaimed from churches across America. I'm asking you today to help us in this noble cause. We can change the current trend of anti-Israelism, one church and one college campus at a time. You can go to our website at israelteam.org to donate today and stand with us today. We ask you that you consider giving to Israel Team on a monthly basis. In the present exponential rise of anti-Semitism in America, our efforts must double to push back against this darkness. For your gift this month to Israel Team, we want to send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti- anti-Semitism and what can be done to stop it. Go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel in You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome back. And we're talking about righteous rescuers, the righteous of the nations that have been chronicled at Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial Museum in Jerusalem. And I would encourage you uh, the next time you're in, in Israel, if, if you're traveling there anytime soon, go to Yad Vashem and there's an entire room in the museum dedicated to the righteous of the nations. And you can look up Pastor Andre Trachme. You can investigate and study exactly what this village did to save 5,000 Jews. You can look up the stories of, of Corey Tenboom, Oscar Schindler. There's 30,000 uh, Christian individuals that uh, opposed the Nazis and saved Jews. There is, isn't, however, a record of any church denomination that corporately worked in order to save Jews. On, on the contrary, many denominations were completely uh, complicit with the Nazi uh, regime and turned in their Jews into the, the Nazis. So because Andre, uh, though through the plight of the Jews and then acted in moral courage by leading Lee Shambone in a rescue effort, does this mean that other Christian pastors were not thinking? In other words, if he was thinking this through and said to himself, you know what, I've read my Bible. These are God's chosen people. I'm going to do what I can to preserve them because they're God's people. That's what he was thinking. Does that mean that other Christian pastors were not thinking? Did they not have the intellectual forethought of Andre Trachme? These leaders, I believe, were thinking as well. It was just that they were thinking about themselves, about their positions, about appealing to their base, and about pleasing their denominational superiors and government authorities who had sold out to the Nazis. And this is what Malcolm Gladwell describes in the preface to his book, What the Dog Saw, as the people in the middle. And he says this, you don't start at the top if you want to find the story. You start in the middle because it's the people in the middle 
who do the actual work in the world. People at the top are self-conscious about what they say because they have position and privilege to protect. I would add that self-consciousness is the enemy of courage. And this was true in Andre's time, and it's true in our time as well. It's the people in the middle, the ones without power and position to protect, who will do the work of advocating for Jewish existence at a time when Jews are losing their guest status in places like the United States of America. And remember, just a few weeks ago, it was Kanye West who was blabbering on about his growing rage against Jews in a tweet where he says, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. He was thinking his worldwide audience would agree with him. And I, I think, you know, some people have said, why, why did Kanye say this thing? Is he crazy? Is he, was he on drugs? Was he drunk? I, I think he was thinking. And I think he was thinking that people would agree with him, that anti-Semitism in the world has reached such a level that people would agree with what he was saying. So he was attempting to pe- appeal to his base the Anti-Defamation League and other Jewish organizations spoke out against West anti-Semitic rhetoric, but so far from pulpits across America, I, I haven't heard much more than crickets. And the question is, why is it that Jewish organizations are the first to defend Jews from anti-Semitism? It should be Christian organizations in complete alignment with the Jewish community that are standing up to uh, speak out against Kanye West and other anti-Semites that are calling for violence against Jews. And there is an unspoken rule among many Christian leaders, not, not most Christian leaders, but among many of them, uh, that supporting Israel is noble, but defending American Jews is not noble. I heard one megachurch pastor recently talk about his love for Israel and then in the same breath uh, proclaim that all Jews are going to burn in hell forever. And he said it with, with anger and rage against the Jewish people. So he loves Israel, uh, but he doesn't like the Jewish people. And so what is true in Andre's time is true today. It's the people in the middle It's you, it's me in the middle that we don't have anything to protect, power or position. We have no power or position to protect that will do the work of Jewish advocacy in a time of growing anti-Semitism. And that is what Andre was thinking all along, that he cared nothing about power or privilege. He had nothing but his righteous conscience to protect. And my hope is that Christians in the middle Uh, in our day will follow in the righteous footsteps of people like Corey Tenboom, of people like Pastor Andre Trachme, who had read their Bibles, and when the Jews began to be persecuted, they stood up in one accord, and they realized what the Scripture says. Don't stand idly by when you see the blood of your brothers spilled. And so I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm believing that there are many Christians that are hearing my voice today that will encourage when they, when they hear something uh, spoken against the Jewish people, they will stand up and they'll get involved. Uh, someone called me the other day and said, you know, how can I get involved in Jewish advocacy? As a, as a Christian, what can I do 
to stand with the Jewish people in this terrible, dark time of growing anti-Semitism. And what, what you can do is you can get involved locally. You know why we're seeing such a rise of anti-Semitism across America? Why Jewish people in America are losing their guest status? It's because Holocaust education is, is no longer being taught the way it used to be in our public school system. There's people like Joy Lucius from uh, American Family Association that you know she's written a book about the Holocaust. And there are school teachers reading that book. It's, it's really geared towards children that are you know involved in Holocaust education. So you can go to your, your local high school, local grammar school. You can talk to you know some teachers. You can talk to the school board. And you can be instrumental in uh, reigniting the education, Holocaust education, in our public school system. It's, it's you, the people in the middle, that can stand up during this time. And, and I'll tell you this, what we need and what, what we really lack in America is, is Holocaust education. It's helping young students understand what this hate, this age-long hate, towards the Jewish people is all about. And many people have asked me, you know, what, what causes this, this hate to be stirred up in people like Kanye West who wants to go death con three on, on Jews? What I believe is the Jewish people brought the moral law of God into the world. Think about Western law. Uh, our judicial system is based on uh, the Ten Commandments, on the Torah, on uh, noadic law, civil law. And so the Jewish people brought God's moral law into the world, and for this they've never been forgiven. So I, I believe the world has rejected God, and the Jewish people, they represent God, just like Christians represent God. You're seeing more and more persecution of Christians across the globe. And so we Christians, the people in the middle, we need to stand up in these days and do what we can to advocate for the existence of Jewish people. And again, he who saves one life saves the world entire. And where does that come from? The rabbis teach this principle. It comes from the murder of Cain, uh, the murder of Abel by his brother Cain. And God spoke to Cain after he murdered his brother Abel, and he said, your brother's bloods cries out to me from the earth. God used blood in a plural form your brother's bloods cry out to me from the earth what was god saying that not only did you take abel's life you took the life of his children his grandchildren his great-grandchildren think of the generations that would have uh, been born through the line of abel but by taking his life god is saying cain destroyed generations of people. And so from that, the rabbis teach that to destroy one life, it's as if you're destroying the entire world. But to save one life, it's as if you're saving the entire world. And remember from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, God makes a, a pledge, a covenant with Abraham. I'm going to bring you into your own land. I'm going to give you uh, a national identity and a peoplehood. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless the world through you. And sometimes we misinterpret that passage and we say whoever blesses Israel, God will bless. But, but God is really saying whoever blesses 
the descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people, and, and the land as well, but he's speaking about the Jewish people. So it's really high time for us as Christians to bless the Jewish people, those that live in our community, and uh, serve them and honor them. We'll see you next time on Israel and You.